0: now here you are, using the blood on my hands to make yourself a saint. I only want a Starfleet to trust me. Look at the work that I've done. People need saints. They need belief. If people knew the truth, my work would be undone. Your work is built on lies. You never paid for what you did. When I was at my lowest, The Federation was there. I need it, and they need me. I have a purpose now. Why did you have to come? Takes. I'm your host, Notch Karnick, and with me
1: gripping their chair arm very hard is Adam Bowen. Uh, welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we'll be sharing a recap of the eighth episode of the second season of Strange New Worlds, Under the Cloak of War. As
0: always, you can follow us on social media at Strange New Takes, but this time only on Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. We are no longer on the app with a single letter as its name. Um, that app can and it's owner can do whatever they want to do but we are no longer posting to there so uh, find us on threads find us on instagram find us on facebook and tell your friends about our podcast we always appreciate getting a five-star rating on an apple podcast because it helps us appear just a little bit higher in search lists when someone looks for a star trek podcast to listen to
1: uh and let this serve as your spoiler warning uh this is a point where after this, we're going to be just talking about obviously this episode that we just had ha- happen this week. We're going to be talking about other random episodes. We were just talking about uh, uh, being pretty sure that we've seen all the ep- episodes of uh, TNG, but uh, uh, and and pro- probably Deep Space Nine, but there's probably some ones that have forgotten. I think I have personally maybe missed some Deep Space Nine episodes, there might be some stuff uh that i won't be able to reference but i'll be able to spoil <laughs> almost everything else so you're
0: not, you're not gonna be able to pull a donnie go. newsom or just ad-libbing all sorts of random very, incredibly obscure references
1: yeah i i mean i will be able to talk about like 1 2 one two three and things like that but uh it's not obscure uh, yeah. like that's not obscure yeah. what's obscure if It was such a bad episode it became not obscure
0: <laughs> what's obscure finished, is is knowing where Setlic 3 is referenced in the star trek universe because last week we had setlick 2 the grain for the settlers on setlick 2 mm-hmm. But what about setlick 3 do you know where setlick 3
1: dang uh it, it does certainly sound familiar but uh blanking on it at the moment
0: Oh, I see. I see. Well, it was referenced in multiple DS9 episodes and TNG episodes. So we've been to the Settlick system before, is the point. All right. Well, uh, this week, as Adam mentioned, we're talking about the eighth episode of the second season of Strange New Worlds, Under the Cloak of War. It was aired on the 27th of July, 2023. It's written by Davey Perez. It was directed by Jeff W. Bird, and the in-universe dates bounce between twenty-two fifty-nine and twenty-two fifty-six. All right. We always start with our strange new takes. Adam, do you have a strange new take for me?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, so my my strange new take is uh, that I've learned the concept of diagonal depth uh uh apparently when you're getting new furniture you it's one of those things that you need to think about when you are getting a chair or like a sofa or something like that uh i it's hard to describe it but it, it's it's essentially like the narrowest point that you could get a chair or sofa into through a doorway uh, uh and usually yes. you have to kind of have it like on its uh mm-hmm. uh held diagonally in some sort of way pivot uh yeah yeah p- pivot a little bit and for us, we have a door that is thirty-one inches or just above. And then the door itself, if it can open most of the way, but it can't quite get all the way out. So it's just just over thirty inches. And the chair we're looking at is thirty one inches. So can you disassemble sure the chair? That. Well, it's it's one of those things where like I I could uh, probably can't disassemble the chair, probably can take the door off. But uh, <laughs> I live in an old house Uh, they they used to paint everything with like uh, mostly lead uh, and then have like a little touch of color that they put on that lead Uh, and so it's one of those things of like if I unscrew that door is that a good idea?
0: Oh, you mean the frame, not just the door. You're not just taking the door off the hinges. You're going to take I, the door I don't think frame I need off.
1: to take the frame off. I think I just need to, like, literally I can, I, there is like three screw holes on the side of the, uh, attaching the door to the hinge or something like that. I could take you that You don't
0: out. need to do that. Unless, I mean, it depends on what your hinges are like, but typically you can just take the hinge pin out and then just take the door off.
1: Uh, All of those are painted in something that might, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where like, yeah, I could probably just, probably that's the, that's probably the least disruptive place. So I'm glad that I brought this up during a podcast, uh, and sorry about hitting my microphone audience, but, uh, I've heard that yeah. lead
0: chips are really delicious for babies. So just yeah. a little, yeah. leaving just a little snack on the table. You know, on yep. The floor, yep. You know? That's,
1: that is definitely a thing. So, uh, that's, that stuff's going to get, uh, uh, we're going to, we're going to try not to leave that kind of stuff out and about. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Anything oh with and then i'm episode... supposed to talk about the episode uh yeah supposed th-
0: this... to. you should want to
1: i i i, I should want to i uh, yeah i mean i'm sure we're going to be talking about the ending but it, it i so I'd, i'll talk a little bit more vaguely so that we don't start our our strange new takes as immediately going in there but it's just uh this is definitely one of those episodes of star trek where you're like dang and like uh uh, maybe spending a, a a lot of time thinking about like how like just how dark it was, but then also feeling like I think it was a good episode. I'm also very sad, but I think I liked it in a weird in a weird like uh, I'm I'm glad that I'm sad now. You like murder? <laughs> is that is that it, Adam? Uh, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, this is basically like I mean
0: you could call this episode under the pale cloak light, right? Like, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 strange new worlds going in that direction. Yeah, Absolutely so is. my strange new take is that there is a band full of extra astronauts. They're called Bandela, B A N D E L L A, which is an extremely un- uninspiring name. Um, Chris Hadley, the famous Canadian astronaut who is beloved of the internet, is in that band, and so are a couple of others. So if you want to watch astronauts play musical instruments, you can do that now. And the episode, um, yeah, this was definitely one of those episodes where like you get a really like famous character playing a like a lone guest actor. Like, you know, there's that episode of BSG where there's that like guy who used to fly fighters with Adama and they like find him randomly like three seasons in. You know what I'm talking about? It sounds
1: familiar, but I'm, I'm blanking a little bit on it.
0: And, and they did, like, 17,000 behind-the-scenes featurettes on the actor and how famous he was. And so when he shows up, it's like, you know, it's like this really famous guest star who's in one episode. So they give him as much screen time as they possibly can. And it's like <laughs> all the camera angles are, like, strangely different than every guest star you've seen up to this point.
1: <laughs> like I feel what, like one one that was this episode.
0: This <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was this episode where it's just like, you know... We've never seen this Dakar dude before, but he's getting like main character treatment uh, <laughs> on the on the editing and the in the direction, which good, good. You know, it's uh, it's not a bad thing. He's played by Robert Wisdom, who has been a in name. a bunch of stuff, including The Wire, Prison Break, among many other things. So, all right, let's start talking about the episode, Adam. Um, I don't know if there's like a good way to go through this, like. S- in sync because we keep getting these flashbacks but really I guess yeah I, I haven't read the summaries let me read the summary Captain Pike and his crew welcome a Klingon defector about the USS Enterprise but his presence triggers the revelation of some sh- shocking secrets so first of all the really weird thing is that there's a Klingon negotiating for the Federation against the Klingons I feel like the Klingons would like laugh a coward at Kling- oh, like a defector Klingon out of the room so it's a little yeah, bit I, extreme I, it, my yeah. credibility
1: I, I, I will agree with that because there, there's definitely the sense of um, like kind of at worst, they'll like, uh, they'll underestimate like uh, Jonathan Archer or, or like any of the, any of the other characters that we have that are just like fully humans going in, going up against the Klingons. But when it's a Klingon that has, uh, yeah, fallen out of favor, it is way harder for them to get any kind of sway, uh, which is like, I mean, the, the basis of a lot of like Worf's plot lines with the with the Klingons and whatnot is that he like is a, a laughingstock until he can restore his family name. And that becomes sort of like a big uh, I mean, we we just watched uh, an episode related to that um, a few months ago. But it, yeah, uh, the, the idea, especially as someone who had just defected in the war that they just lost like two years ago, maybe it is uh, a l- little bit intense.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And what we find out is that this dude, as as the episode goes on, basically we find out a few things. Like this is one of those drip, 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 where get information in small drips. We find mm-hmm. out that this dude was a general on the moon of Jagal. He like did the full Descartes and like killed kids and like, w- you know, civilians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, at the very end, decided that it was wrong and decided to kill his like closest... General co-generals and defect heroically. Um Yeah, yeah. And so so that's that's the claimed storyline. And as we find out as the episode goes on, Nurse Chapel and Mubanga first met on the Moon of Jigal at a uh field hospital. And, Mbenga, well, and we also we, we also yeah.
1: saw it referenced in uh the first episode this season where right. uh he he had mentioned that he was on the moon of Jigal and uh, reference to like the the air was red with blood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: definitely directly carries on. And so now we know that the two of them are like war vets, and we also find out that Mabanga is like a special forces hand to hand combat expert. Who yeah. actually, when he lost it at the end, decided to go behind the lines and kill this general himself. He killed the like general's guard, and then that made the general flee in shame. And he defected basically because he knew that his flight would be poorly received by the, his Klingon compatriots. So, so, so that's the historical side of this.
1: Yeah, it, it it is one of those things where, um, I mean, we, we spent a lot of the episode talking up like Mbenga's different, uh, uh, like combat credentials. I, I think it was like, he had the most confirmed combat kills, uh, they didn't they didn't like say of such and such it almost sounded like he's killed the most people like in the federation or something like that maybe i missed the qualification Mm -hmm. uh but uh dang Uh, i had no idea this this side of the side of him existed when we were watching him in uh uh season one
0: (laughs) yeah yeah this dude i mean has A lot of trauma built up, clearly, from his war experience. And is this basically superhuman who also... So we find out a little bit more about that superhero serum from season one. And how it was basically... Protocol
1: 12, is that what they called it? Mm -hmm. And
0: it's it's very unhealthy if you have it. uh, So it's banned. But he kept a few vials of it. And we see him actually give those vials to uh, the chapel. Yeah, that, that were then used in the first episode. But I guess the thing for me is like, so so the other premise in the current day of this episode is that this the Enterprise has to like transport Dakara and they have to get him to a starbase. But Starfleet really wants all of the veterans of the Klingon War to hang out with this dude while he's on the ship.
1: Yeah. I, it, it, this is one of those things where I was trying to th- think of like, what are the, like, what do, what do we do in the real world? <laughs> it feels like, uh, it, it, this field like, or this felt like a, uh, just a, a weird assignment from, uh, from the Federation to like, just, uh, we're I'm sorry, we're like to save face. We're going to need to traumatize everybody aboard the crew. Is that, is that okay with you? Uh, like, go find the people who are most likely to cause a scene uh, because of this and put them all in the room together. Yeah, definitely questionable.
0: And, like, I have to also question Captain Pike going along with it and, like, personally asking people to do stuff.
1: Well, it because it, it also sounded like it, it wasn't the Federation... They didn't order him to say like you need these specific war vets to be the ones that are like going to be in the room with him. So it, it almost felt like it was Pike being like, you know, who would be great. Uh, the guy who who murdered a bunch of people with his hands. Um, uh, I bet he's going to be super cool with <laughs> this guy, especially because he was on Jagal, uh, and like face this guy directly. It would, it would be a great great chance for them to catch up.
0: And. I have to give, I mean, respect to the fact that this wasn't like a TNG style, like we agree to disagree, like everything goes great, like the dinner was a mess. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Like people walked out and like it was, Ortega's was the first one and then, you know, Mm -hmm. Chapel and Mabenga basically. And good on Pike for realizing how bad Mabenga was having it before he just asked, he was like, you need to go.
1: Yeah, I, I, I did... Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where like maybe the setup was a little bit uh, hard to swallow. But the way that it was handled after the fact, like or like in the moment, felt very much like it was a um, they were like giving our characters back the the reins of uh, of the episode. Uh, whereas before it was sort of like the writer saying, like, Pike, you you have to do this. Uh, this is the situation you're being put in. Just kind of accept it. Um and then kind of, it it felt a little bit more natural towards the second half of the episode on that. Um, yeah. Well,
0: as Mabenga is leaving, though, this is, this is, I think, where the, the episode gets a little bit, like, you start understanding this Dakara dude a little bit better. He grabs Mabenga's hand and is like, I want you yeah. to fight me. Like,
1: what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a that was that was a move for sure so this is where I think we start
0: getting the like what happened at the end how do we process it I think this is one of those things that helps us like think about how we feel about the ending mm-hmm. uh, is like how much is Dakar like pushing himself on onto like these vets and like basically completely oblivious to the effect he's having on people
1: yeah and it it, it uh, I, I, I I don't know I I I Maybe that's, that's part of what was going on is like some of the setup for the episode was, was on the confusing side that it, uh, it kept, um, sort of, admit I guess, I suppose a lot of this could be pers- purposeful of like, we, they want to keep us, uh, uh, second guessing things and like wondering exactly what's going on throughout the episode so that we can kind of have this slow reveal of his character and, uh, the situation that everybody is in, um, and uh this was definitely one of those like unbalancing moments that uh sort of set everything in motion um i i i guess i was expecting the things to go really bad in the actual fight scene uh but it it almost seemed like that was like uh uh okay and it didn't seem nearly as violent as like most of the uh like different fight scenes we've seen with Worf between uh, other people uh, sparring or whatnot in, on the enterprise.
0: So I think the interesting thing though is that that is another scene where you get to like a different piece of input where we see that Dakra basically can manhandle Mabanga from beginning mm-hmm. to end, and so in the fight Mabenga just constantly gets like defeated. Hmm. Um. But definitely, it's like. Doctor keeps pushing his buttons again and you're like dude back off like you you yeah. don't want to you know
1: Yeah and and I think it it it, it is interesting. I, I mean I, I guess that's why Mbenga calls him out uh in that in that final scene of like saying like you're you're wanting to is it is it like get absolution or or what is the uh how does he describe that like he he's wanting uh, wanting to like somehow atone for everything by uh, maybe getting this forgiveness from people he directly impacted uh, in the in the mo- on the moon of Jigal and whatnot,
0: which um, is a very on thing, right? Like asking for forgiveness, trying to like get like
1: yeah, it's very so, strange. But it it is one of those things. Like may- maybe of all of the all of the moments uh with with uh decra's character that like maybe that does point to some change has happened in his like cultural beliefs uh i mean obviously like like you said there's the political reality of like he needs to flee he needs to go into exile from the klingons because they will probably just murder him uh Mm -hmm. and and he is maybe too much of a coward to just like let himself be killed uh in at least in that moment uh and definitely doesn't want to like go doesn't want to go hang out with Kirk on that, uh, frozen moon mining dilithium or whatever. Uh, and, uh, so it's a, I don't, I I don't know. It's just a, um, the idea that he would want forgiveness points to that. He, he must have had some of the Federation like rubbing off on him as he gets to be kind of this, like, uh, uh, I don't know, like, like, like all of our like most heroic, heroic like diplomatic, uh, uh, people that we have in, um, so in so our he's own basically of, like
0: great value ambassador Spock.
1: Yeah, 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 <laughs> but, um, it is, which I I guess I I can see like them being so accepting of, of like his like he has such a good story, uh, like he's a defected. Uh, general who then embraces the the ideals of the federation and so like uh he's definitely like their poster child they want him to like negotiate this peace treaty and that peace treaty and uh like they get to just show off how how cool he is um and how he, yeah he's he's just the uh i i, I don't know it's just a it, it it is a very weird um transformation that he's gone through i i do think that there is some sort of transformation because it it just feels very out of character for uh, a Klingon even one that's like rejected the Empire uh, I think to kind of go this full 180
0: yeah yeah totally now turning to a different thing that we've seen um, throughout the episode up to this point which is these flashbacks number one Clint Howard is now the person with the most number of years between his first and final or up to this point, final guest appearance, fifty-six years when he because he was the guy who played Balak, the baby, like the child Yeah. In TOS. Okay.
1: I was trying to figure out like who I'm like, you're you're definitely somebody, and I've forgotten exactly who you were, yeah, but and, yes. And
0: he, he was also in like the DS9 episode with the riots where mm-hmm. Bashir and Sisko are sent back in time with Dax, and then there's the, he's, he's got a bunch of other appearances, basically. He's done he's been a Ferengi. Um but So he is there as this like medical operator and also at this hospital, I think they did a really great job of using minimal sets and kind of using sound cues to really give us Mm. the sense of like wartime trauma that these people are feeling like that, you know, the whole incoming transport warning and things like that.
1: Yes. Yeah, I th- I thought that was a really effective uh like motif throughout the episode of having the incoming transport where it, it's we we don't we don't know that to be something that's necessarily stressful from the rest of uh how Star Trek deals with things, but like over the course of this episode we very much knew that like they barely are able to handle the people that are currently there and they need to somehow figure out how to take in like 12 more people uh, uh as well as that situation where uh we need to figure out like uh uh we need to get this guy off the pad because there are other people to take care of and and things like that it just yeah. uh it, i i was really able to feel the resource management in this um in this set of scenes in a way that's it's hard for star trek really to do like they they usually say things like uh like oh we've only got 17 percent shields left or, or whatnot and then engineering somehow figures out how to bring them all the way back up on online or uh we only have x number of hours left and we somehow turn that into several days uh but they, they have to make actual choices about what resources that resources they have uh and we kind of set that up in every bit of like background world building that's happening through this mm-hmm. uh, uh, like a uh, maybe a little bit of this was uh, uh just tongue and cheek in generations where it was sort of like, oh, uh, torpedoes won't be delivered until Tuesday or something like that. but uh, uh, it's uh I-, I I do like when Star Trek is able to effectively give off that um that feeling of scarcity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It just wasn't like the everybody's going home fine from this because we have unlimited resources to take care of everybody. And mm-hmm. we also saw how Mabenga gets creative with the transporter, which later helps his own daughter, but we see him using that skill yeah. in here, which then leads yeah, to I... some tragedy at the end.
1: Oh, yeah. And and it, just like a... That was such a big moment for him where it, it you, you see you you know the kind of place that his characters in where uh like he previously told her to put her, put him in the pattern buffer that's like something he's done a whole bunch of times and then uh there's he basically he gives her the moment to like decide for herself whether she's going to do it and then he he'll just the moment that, that 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 is passed there's no hesitation from him him at all he's just like he knows that the correct answer is to hit that button and he's uh, done it before probably yeah and and maybe that was something that he had in mind even when that transport buffer situation was used before cuz i i think he was he was essentially ready to let the guy die right yeah. when he landed but um
0: and i that mean sort of a course way of
1: sparing her feelings a little bit
0: the second also they they like had us learn that a soldier's like backstory and stuff the other guy who he saves with like she has to like reach into his chest and pump his heart,
1: oh yeah,
0: uh, we know that that dude's gonna end up dead, like he's oh, he's, yeah, a, he's yeah. a red shirt, he's like been saved, he has this like really emotional conversation yeah
1: with which I, I someone had pointed out like that they they haven't quite killed as many red shirts uh in in uh uh strange new worlds this season as as we have been uh like led to believe in most most star treks but uh definitely it was uh they 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 were pulling out all the Arium stops for this uh this poor soldier so it would yeah there there was no way that he was going to survive this episode
0: yeah well, um, I think I think the flashbacks do a very good job of explaining why Mabenga feels the way he does. I don't think at any point any of us are like, "Oh, he seems to be having a strong reaction." It's like, okay, yeah, this makes perfect sense, and Pike's an idiot for like orchestrating a situation in which he has to like confront this dude.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I think at the end there. So now I think I think. we've discussed most or everything of any substance at this point up to this up to the ending Mm -hmm. is there anything that you want to talk about before we get to the end
1: um
0: there's the scene with pike and una where una is like we can take the shortcut
1: yeah i i do think that was uh that that was a pivotal moment of like uh maybe to some degree as you're watching the rest of this episode It feels like, OK, they're kind of stringing us along and like forcing us into these different situations. Maybe like the lesson here is going to be that some people can reform and that we all just need to get over our differences. And like uh, forgiveness is the way it seems seems like a very like uh, Gene Roddenberry type uh, wrap up to the whole uh storyline could could have been going in that direction and having una come in and say like i found a shortcut and we don't need to deal with this guy anymore we need like he needs to be off the ship uh that that was my first hint that this wasn't going to be one of those like wrap everything up nicely uh type episodes mm-hmm. um we're going to have a, a little bit of picard uh staring out at the star fields uh, <laughs> uh through the window uh type stuff happening Um, and
0: and i mean pike also shows his capacity to take like advice from his first officer right like he's he's not mm. like set in his ways he's like i will i'm just gonna get this done and it's not what starfleet wants but yeah we got to do what's right for the crew
1: yeah so I, i i really appreciated getting to see that and yeah having uh having uno be the be the pivotal pivotal character in that i think was meaningful too uh i i i think like we've we've sensed a little bit in this series like she uh i mean she's had she's had good episodes to center around her but often is kind of like just a peripheral they 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 don't seem to have a um a good sense all the time of what to use una for uh except except as kind of like a side uh like uh, the straight man to like a a a slapstick type type character uh comedy uh, routine type thing although i guess in in the episode where they were uh where she was with um i guess they're they're like both the straight man so uh, i i don't know exactly how to to feel about that one but uh it, it, it essentially she's she's used more for comic relief or just like kind of irrelevant side things unless it's her episode and so i i liked getting to see this thing where it was sort of a pivotal like pike you're wrong we need to be going in this direction instead
0: yeah i went back and i watched also the discovery episode where discovery turns up at the like section 31 hq and mm. they find the mines and Pike has his like Boy Scout moment with the Admiral. And she's like, that's why we held you back in the Klingon war. You're the best of us. And if we were destroyed, oh, yeah. which is so bad, like, so bad, <laughs> uh, which reminded me, actually, one of the things about this episode is that we've had, we've dealt with trauma before on Star Trek or right? like Discovery's done mm-hmm. a lot of that, but the treatment here is so much better right Mm. um we get to see like i I just i I think this is an illustrative episode of how discovery and strange new worlds deal very differently with things our characters in strange new worlds have agency for how they deal with their trauma they're not like unloading it onto the first person who asks them what's going on
1: Mm.
0: they make complicated decisions that are not always the right choices Mm. And they are dealing with it as actual human beings, whereas I feel like in Discovery, there's a lot of like goreded, like this person is wrong for how they're dealing with it. And then by the end of the episode, they do the right thing, and we see the conversation with like tears and like all of this stuff.
1: And I, I, think- I don't know that I hundred percent agree. Cause I, I I think uh uh book they they give him an like they they don't resolve his stuff in in the span of an episode. Uh, I I think like they 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 at least give him a lot of like interesting agency. I I mean it maybe it does kind of turn around that that simplistic idea of like he just turns for the bad guy and then becomes the villain for the second half of the uh mm-hmm. the season in season 4. But uh I I think there are some aspects of their their treatment of trauma that uh at least for me was like some of the more compelling stuff that season 4 uh discovery had to portray.
0: That's that's fair. I I think I just I don't know it was th- I, again I think in this episode it was the direction and the editing had a lot more to do with our perception mm. and the understated performance from Babs was of Mabamaga was so mm. like I, I feel like it conveyed a lot more in the subtext um and, yeah and then, Than then like the overt stuff where we stopped the action to do a bunch of exposition you know
1: well and i i do think what what was interesting with a lot of these moments that we had in this episode was it, you would see it's like a character going off and then silently dealing with their their trauma they're trying to like hide it from other people like uh uh Mbenga's like in like holding his chest uh yeah. like going off to the side in um uh in sickbay uh we we sort of happen across uh uh erica ortegas like deciding what she's going to do outside of his quarters like if she's gonna like try to confront him or kick his ass or i I don't even i don't have no idea what her plan was uh but i i think that um it it was interesting getting to see those moments where they just they weren't buttoned up and kind of didn't have any idea of what to do and like you said, it it turned disastrous. Uh, yeah. And they, yeah, like the it it, it didn't. Uh, yeah, it, we we allowed the characters to just kind of fumble and make mistakes all over each other, which was um, led to some interesting scenes.
0: And that's what I meant by agencies. Like I don't, yeah. I don't mean that as necessarily a good thing, but like we as human beings have the right to yeah. make the wrong choices, right? Like yeah, one hundred percent. So I think I I I just want to call out that this this episode does a really interesting job of dealing with war which is a theme that discovery tried to tackle a whole bunch and so i think it's kind of like a if you wanted to like have kind of a dissection i think maybe it might make sense to watch this one next to a discovery episode i think that's that's kind of the for me it's like illustrative of why i've had such a different reaction of these two shows
1: oh for sure and i it is interesting because it I, I I still do feel like there was more. I think there was a more interesting story that could have been told with season one of Discovery than what we ended up getting. And I I, I just like I I want to travel into that alternate universe where we were able to calm Brian Fuller down and like not have him try to do seventeen projects at the same time. Uh, or, or or yeah okay
0: I'm I'm not gonna keep. Yeah no you're right I was gonna give another example but I think I'll just stop here.
1: Yeah it, huh. but it, it's just like the. Uh, I, it, cause it, I, at least to, to me, it, certainly like the first half of the season, the second half of the scene, season were just like totally completely different from each Absolutely. other. Absolutely. Um, and uh, yes, I, I can also see like just how things were going. Like the, it didn't feel like the Klingons had the right feel that they were expecting. And so maybe they kind of pivoted after uh, uh, deciding exactly how they wanted to approach things. But th- there were moments in the earlier part of the season where it felt like, before we knew that uh lorca was uh from uh the alternate or the mirror universe it it felt like they were potentially going to be dealing with some interesting trauma aspects of it because it it seemed like maybe he just had ptsd and was sort of like not like they were just interested in him being like a a brilliant military commander or something like that Mm -hmm. but uh, and like willing to make the hard choice of sacrificing his crew in certain, in whatever it was that his, uh, situation was, I'm, I'm forgetting exactly how it, how it went, but, um, just the, I don't know, the, the idea that I, I, I felt like they were, they were going somewhere, uh, and then we just turned him into like a weird, like Hitler character, uh, <laughs> before we yeah. just stab him in the heart and throw him into a, uh. A, a warp core or whatever the hell that was but um yeah it, it just th- th- there were i don't know i i i want to have that alternate universe of uh of discovery season 1 where we do get some of this stuff coming out of lorca or or dealing with with other characters cuz i i think there was a compelling war storyline that we just kind of didn't get Well, or we could have
0: a storyline where they didn't go 900 years in the future, or we could have a storyline where when they went 900 years in the future, it wasn't love that caused the burn. Um, (laughs) We could have had... Yeah, I mean, I could go many places with like some of the big creative decisions, but honestly, I think I would settle for just a little bit more of what we saw in Under the Cloak of War. Um, Yeah, yeah. And... But anyway, we let, let's get to that final scene. So <laughs> Dakara, being the boundary pusher that he is, shows up at the medical office with the guy who's like multiple times told him to leave him alone, who continues to tell him to leave him alone. And instead yeah, he goes yeah. and like, again, grabs him like on the shoulder when the dude's like opening a box with a dagger in it. And Dakara's like, this is my cue to, for physical contact. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The, okay. it, it was also a. I, I was kind of surprised with um it's like the the moment that una like or like the plans truly came out that like una was like we need to just get this guy gone uh and that'll be the best for everybody because uh uh mbenka was also just not pretending anymore uh he, he let him know like he was like oh i didn't know that my uh uh my stay here was getting cut early and he's like i'm glad it is uh yeah. yeah, but th- exactly. there's a lot of signals not being read uh, during that scene. So, or maybe they were, I don't know.
0: But this is the question, right? So now yeah. what happens is they fight behind Frosted Glass conveniently. Chapel doesn't <laughs> see what happened either. And Dakara ends up with a knife in his heart that conveniently has the blood of other Klingons on it. So you can claim that it was Dakara who um, pulled the knife as Mbenga does, to exonerate mm-hmm. himself. Also, Dakara finds out that Mbenga was the guy who killed all the people. So Mbenga knows the secret that could, like, ruin Dakara's entire career. Yeah. So there is this motivation that he had to... So, like, he could have grabbed a knife and lunged at dude. So yeah. the question is he now... Could, he could have. Yeah. He could have, right? Like, so what? What do you think Mbenga did it?
1: Uh, I I think the one thing I'm certain of is that I think Chapel thinks that Mbenga did it. I uh, like the the way that she comes into the room and then like later in later in telling the story to Pike, how she's like, "I saw the whole thing. She did not see anything." Uh I think she is, and she. I don't know the way that she's portraying it uh uh at least like how i'm like reading the actress uh playing the scene or whatever it 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 feels like her interpretation is that christine chappell thinks that he did it and is lying for him uh to pike uh and laon and like that's how it's how it's going and then laon is sort of like piecing things together and be like mm, it looks like through the the readings like yeah totally that that story fits we're we're good I I think I'm still a little uncertain about whether, like exactly what happened. I don't think that this was a, uh, I don't think that um Dakra pulled the knife. Uh, I think Mbenga pulled pulled the knife. Whether it was then sort of a tussle over the knife and then stabbing himself in the heart or exactly what happened there but it it, um i don't i don't know yeah how have have, have, do you do you have a solid feeling yourself
0: i i'm on the mbenga did it page but there are considerable number of people online in the forums who don't think he did it so i think this effect this episode has been effective in like the fog of war it just polarized people so much that we we like made up our minds there's very few people who are like i don't know um, yeah so very much in the like you know choose your own adventure uh type i think that's the power of this episode you get to decide what happened and if it was the right thing to do so do you think he's
1: justified yeah i don't- I, I I don't know. It I I mean it it does feel like the episode's kind of pointing us in that that sense of like D'Akrav was just pretending to be like the the ultimate diplomat or whatnot. Uh I mean certainly he he's he's ta- like as things are unraveling he's talking about like the need the need for there to be that story. Mm-hmm. Uh and that that's, that's like the really, the important thing, which also the way that he's talking there, that it's, I don't feel like he was fully on the, like, I'm going to go kill myself uh, with the knife that you have in that box. Conveniently. I like, maybe he was wanting to have a fight. Uh, but I, I think it's, it's possible that he was still thinking in this in terms of like, maybe we'll do some more Klingon judo or whatever it was that we were doing. Uh, and it'll be cathartic to have like punched each other in the face a few times. Uh type situation. Um so like I, I i think my read is probably closest to like uh the maybe I'm fuzzy about exactly who's who started this fight, but Mbenga finished it uh and was purposeful when he did it. Because I I think with with how good of how good he is at combat, I don't think that I think he's fully capable of like deciding if he is wanting to be as lethal as possible right now or is wanting to sort of diffuse the situation um so
0: yeah so i think for me this is exactly the reason why we don't make victims the judges in our courts right Mm -hmm. it's very easy to push humans over the edge and beyond reason so I think justified is a very strong word, but I understand why Mabanga had the reaction he did. And it's kind of shitty that he was placed in a position where he had to kind of do that. It's very easy for us to be like, well, if I was in his place, I would not make this choice. You don't know that. You you you
1: You didn't live the life he led. And so... Oh, and to, I, to some I, degree, it, it feels like predictable that uh, it, like this is why it was a bad idea for Bike and Starfleet to be like, let's put this guy in with a bunch of our, our, our war veterans, especially the one who's killed the most people with his hands.
0: Right. And and so I I don't know who started it. Like it's very difficult for me to tell. Like I haven't gone back and watched it to see like who what what the mm-hmm. what I think from what's there, but like I can fully believe that Membenga started it where he was just like, Enough is enough. You have now crossed the line, sir, and he was just like, I will finish what I started. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the lack of due process. I don't like the the you know the way it ended. But at the end of the day, do I think Am I happy that Mavanga is able to point to a different explanation? Happy is too strong a word, but I, I yeah. don't have a problem with it. Uh, much like I don't really have a problem with what Cisco did in, in the pale moonlight, right? Uh, and got away with it, or, or Garrick in that episode.
1: I, I I guess that that brings brings me to the question of like, do you think he's going to get away with it? Yeah. I, uh, well, it, I I because I I do feel like we're we're close to. Uh, is is the next episode the penultimate episode of the season? Well, um, yeah,
0: it's the musical episode. It's going to be a musical courtroom drama.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, and we'll we'll execute <laughs> Mbenga, and that's <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, that, that'll be the conclusion of the musical. Um, I I think part of me like I could see this being the the route to us having a different CMO on the Enterprise. Um, it's which I, I I can see that being like a compelling thing that we kind of want to move the story closer to what we end up seeing in the original series or or whatnot. I think technically there's that um, that old white guy that's not McCoy, that's the doctor uh, that's supposed to be in between. Because um, I, I think there's a... Uh, McCoy doesn't show up for a few episodes in the original series. Um, so I, I don't know if... Uh, if we're, if we're going to get introduced potentially to like whoever the hell that guy was um, instead of McCoy. But I could also see this being the way to, to have season three show up with McCoy or something like that. I I, uh, I don't know. I, I would, I would feel Can bad about it. Cause I, yeah, I, I, I think I, I honestly, uh, especially like we've been talking about um, uh, sort of like, if we look at McCoy, like, yes, uh, DeForest Kelly was, have gave a great performance as mccoy I loved seeing him like basically every single time he was there uh but uh uh mccoy is kind of a racist asshole <laughs> we, can so, retcon, it, we can just retcon
0: we can yeah. just retcon Mabanga as as like he was just assisting mccoy like on a one-off yeah. visit or something we don't we do not need to like give an explanation for this whole like yeah he seemed like mccoy was in charge like we don't we don't need that like let's just yeah. forget about it and let's just have mabenga being charged I really don't need to see Strange New Worlds elegantly like transition, yeah. yeah, into Tos. I don't want that. I don't. I, I don't like Tos. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I Same. never had a, had the ability to watch it and enjoy it. I don't need to perhaps like let's just leave it where it is. And yeah, let's just I, I watched it. I, Emily stories. and I watched
1: it together with the, like the mission log uh, episodes or whatever, and it was, it was an experience. <laughs> yeah, I've I've
0: tried doing a watch through, and I just can't like it's yeah. it's not necessary for me so i don't know i think mabanga gets away with it i don't think i think this is just one of those things like in the pale moonlight where it's like mm-hmm. it's a great episode but let's not i don't i don't see the need to have to revisit it in a very deep way in the future uh, i well, do see and, the and need again, to we... have mabanga heal
1: yeah uh, I, I i think it there is a um there is also the possibility of like we thought that maybe Una going to like there there was a, a situation where like they could have decided okay Una goes to prison, and that's going to lead to us like hiring Kirk somehow, uh, or like maybe he'll he'll be the first officer of the of the Enterprise, or like that uh, will make Spock the first officer of the Enterprise, and she'll just go kind of be off in prison. Uh, so I, I think there was like potential for some of that misdirection from season one into season two. I think similarly that we could be seeing that here where we're like, Oh, well, is this going to be where we'd introduce McCoy? And maybe they'll have like a couple episodes dealing with it next season. Uh, if there is sort of like the cliffhanger moment, but it doesn't mean that we're not going to still just get back to having Mbenga as the CMO.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, we shall see what happens. I yeah. um. I think this episode was effective at what it wanted to do, and I'm not sure I want to see it kind of get revisited and have to dilute its legacy with some sort of. I think of, that's fair. You know, in the future, like in the pale moonlight, you, you it would be like giving Cisco a courtroom episode in, as a follow-up.
1: Which... Uh, that would have been the absolute worst. <laughs> like the best part, especially like with with in the pale moonlight. Like they wrap the bow on it, where like he deletes the log. Like there, there's no expectation that's that, that's ever like uncovered and found out later. Like they but, they wrapped it up. Maybe we'll get a wink from Garrick at some point, and, and but also he's a spy, the, so he's probably not going to wink at, it wink at us about it.
0: We we as the viewers get to decide what happens, right? Yeah. We don't we don't get a, a the the executive producer of the show telling us how to feel about it. And I think that's the power of these episodes: is that we have to like explore the morality and the philosophy on our own, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: make up our own minds. And we can continue having this discussion thirty years from now, rather than have it be like a nice bow on top. Mabanga got demoted because of it, so it was wrong, Uh, yeah, or whatever. Like we get to we get to have, and I feel like that's that's very powerful for Star Trek, rather than like, you know, um, yeah.
1: I I, I, I think uh if if we're comparing it directly to in the pale moonlight i feel much more unequivocally that like uh at least in the light of because it worked out i'm uh very comfortable saying good job cisco uh with with that whole whole episode with this one i don't i don't know that there's like sort of the maybe this gets at your justification question of like uh 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 Cisco could have ruined absolutely everything, could have brought the Romulans in the war against the Federation and and like that would have been the end uh because of what he did in that episode. Um so it, maybe it's like it wasn't a wise choice, but it, it sort of like it worked out in the end. Um in this episode, I don't I don't know that there's that sort of like obvious wider justification uh for um that we can point at for for Mbenga. It's it's sort of like a maybe he prevented a charlatan from getting a lot of like diplomacy praise. um, But well, I, I don't, I don't know that there was like there, that there were a lot of, a lot of people helped or a war averted or things like that. You could, you could say that it basically like if,
0: if the truth had become known that mm. this dude had not actually defected, that it might've jeopardized the peace talks and the peace. That's fair. So there's, there's that implication, but I think this is why, because it wasn't like super clear this is why this episode for me and the Strange New Ratings, I'm going to stick my neck out and give this a 9 out of 10, not a 10 out of 10, because I didn't mm-hmm. think they brought us fully along to the right. And I think yeah. they could have done a little bit better of a job explaining why Dakara is like trying to like ball up Mabenga or like mm-hmm. what the consequences truly are of like mm-hmm. if, if Dakara dies. And it could have been something as simple as like the Enterprise is escorting the ambassador because there have been threats against his life. And as we know, if he dies, like, you know, there could have been like yeah, some, yeah. something that like made it so that like killing this dude wasn't the best choice. Yeah. yeah. Of, you know? Like.
1: Yeah. He, he kind of seemed like, I, I didn't have a clear sense of like, oh, he's about to go to ne- negotiate like this incredible peace deal of, of whatever. It's sort of like, I think, yeah, it, it was like, oh, he's, he's famous. Cause he did some peace talks and and whatnot and sort of like who he is but like yeah yeah i i did there wasn't like some big import about like the next thing that he's going to be doing it's like he's he's on his book tour and like now his his book tour is going to get cut short or or like it's gonna he's he's gonna be at the wrong uh space station uh and so he'll have to awkwardly get another ship to take him but like yeah
0: all right, so that's 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 me. Nine out of ten. Where are you going? What are you going to go with Adam?
1: I I I think I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go uh, eight out of ten because I, I, oh damn, yeah, I, it, like for for me, I absolutely. I knew they were that they wanted to go for those, uh, um, in the pale moonlight feelings and whatnot, and I I, I did definitely have those moments of like, dang, uh, this episode uh, type feelings, but I, I like I think to some degree maybe this is one of those episodes that is hurt by the format that strange new worlds is in. Uh, Certainly we've had, we've gotten hints about people's feelings uh, like we, and we've seen people mention the moon of Jagal and stuff like that, but it's only been sort of referencing uh, Mbenga and uh, chapel. But I I think honestly, I could have dealt, I could have, maybe this would have been better if we had some sense of like duck rob being somebody that we'd ever heard of before like it, even if the, if it was sort of like we, we go and we change a few of those like random name drops that happen uh in previous episodes if it's if instead we also hear about like this defector general that had uh done something and we, maybe we hear about him in the end of season one we hear like mm. three episodes ago we see it we hear him here here and we see like oh he he negotiated something with the trita shipment or whatever um like I, I i could feel like i like maybe that could have set things up a little bit better but as as it is it felt a little bit too much like our characters are getting like the writers just needed to set things up and like tell the tell the characters to shut up for a moment. Like you, you need to all be in the same room so that we can have this moment. Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, we need to just like have the camera shot, be behind frosted glass so that we have mystery added to the episode. But like, uh, I, I, I don't know. It, 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 it didn't quite hit it there for me, but I, I certainly had those moments where I was, I, would, I did a lot of thinking. We've talked a lot about, uh, this episode about it. So, um, I think that's why it, it'll, it'll still get an eight for me, but, um, but I think that's that's where it stands.
0: No, I think you really nailed it, hit the nail on the head for me, uh, where the, the character I was talking from Battlestar Galactica, by the way, is Lieutenant Daniel Bulldog Novacek, played by Carl Lumbly, who mm. just shows up as having a pilot who was captured by the Cylons a long time ago. And it's like, wow, this guy was actually a really important friend of Adama's like, from back in the day. And like his disappearance oh. was really important. And it's like, we've never heard of him. Adama has never mentioned him. And, like, I, it's, oh...
1: i i I remember the feeling from that episode i think but didn't catch on that that's what was going on i i thought that they were meant that they were making a reference to like the old terrible series of uh battlestar galactica which uh despite it being funny in the office uh the original series of battlestar galactica is not better than (laughs) what we got in 20 really 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 bad (laughs) it is all clowns and space nazis uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's it's we don't need no but you were right like you know this something that when a
0: guest character shows up and it's like this guy's actually been super important to everything that's happened so far there's like i'm trying to remember i think community did it where like they brought a character in and then they'd like had a montage where they'd like edited that character into like previous episodes (laughs) um also on another point uh again this episode might be good, but it's no Mugato Gumato, which is ten out of ten. <laughs> I went back and watched that episode, man, and uh, I don't know if my rating holds. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's 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 funny, but like I think
1: it's, maybe it's I, maybe I, a little <laughs> bit of uh, oh my god! Did Star Trek just do that?
0: <laughs> I, I might have got a little carried away, a little bit, a little bit, you know, a little bit carried away, but um. <laughs> You know, but it is what it is. We can't watch these in a vacuum, right? Uh, Fair enough. All right. Well, Adam, thank you for joining me uh, for this episode. Uh, thank you for hosting me. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Emily, Bill, and Rudy. Whatever it is y'all are doing, wherever it is y'all are doing it, I hope y'all are having a great time. And thank you to your listener for making us a part of your week again. We'll talk to you next week with uh, the musical episode. Very excited for that. Yeah. Thank you, Jishinugua, for recording our theme music. And special thanks to whoever packed uh, Mabenga's little box for, like, not being like, hmm, I should wipe this dagger off with the <laughs> DNA evidence of those, like, Klingon generals. Let's just, like, put a bloody knife into the box. And, like, there's no, like, the, the customs guy didn't take it. Like, nobody was like, why do you have this knife with all this DNA? Uh, why aren't you cleaning it? It was just, like, right there. Perfect alibi amazing. All right, everybody. See you next week. Goodbye.